On the Record with Gavin Riley. Brought to you by PwC on News Talk. Now, on Tuesday evening, the Dáil is going to be asked to vote on whether there should be an emergency budget. The motion put down by Sinn Féin condemns what it calls the hardship, anxiety and desperation being felt by thousands across the country as a direct result of the government's refusal to introduce measures to support workers and families at this time. Now, the party's uh, TD for Donegal and finance spokesperson Pierce Doherty is on the line. Um, Pierce, you'll have heard that the Taoiseach give the argument that they need to have a comprehensive approach to try and, and deal once and for all with the cost of living and that's going to require consultation with stakeholders, it's going to involve talks with trade unions and every other sort of uh, civil society group and that's why they don't think they can do it before October. Why don't you believe them? Of course they can do it before October um, and they need to do it now because people's crisis that they're having in their own personal finances uh, can't doesn't just wait because the Tisha wants uh, another four months to figure out what to do and um, people who never thought they would be queuing for food parcels find themselves in that situation and uh, people who are working all the hours that God send them find themselves now struggling uh, at the end of the week whether it's to pay their energy bills which we all know has, has skyrocketed over the last uh, while and, and very much fueled by the the, the, the war in Ukraine uh, or whether it's putting petrol and diesel in the car or even um, ba- paying for the the, the weekly grocery shopping. So people need action now. Yes, we need a comprehensive budget. Budgets are usually about planning for the year ahead. Budget in October is about what will happen in 2023, although some of the measures will and usually do kick in uh, for the remainder of the year. But people can't wait four weeks and they definitely can't wait four months is what gov- the government are planning. And that's why all of the frontline services, whether it's St Vincent de Paul, Social Justice Ireland, One Parent, are calling for action now. And indeed, it's not just those on the front line who are the usual voices who say need more needs to be done but mm. we have very conservative organizations you know prudent organizations like the central bank like the irish fiscal advisory council that was established to make sure you know we don't have a boom bust cycle and we stay within the rules and we're prudent they're saying along with the sri that there is further scope for targeted measures to deal with the cost of living crisis no, and, but, and that's but, what but, needs to happen but there, there may be scope for additional measures because the public finances are in a good enough shape but do, do you not accept the government's point that it needs that in order to have a comprehensive package that will address fundamentally and materially the impacts that people are doing that they need a little bit more time to prepare they need to be able to decide how much they can do by way of tax rebates how much they can do by further subsidy of public services like childcare, and that's not the sort of thing that you can do on the spot in an emergency budget like you're saying yeah, but we're not. This isn't just about on the spot. This isn't an idea, Gavin, that we came up with yesterday or last night. We've been calling on this uh, for the government to act properly now for the last number of months. Uh, we've been calling on them to target low and middle income earners. They haven't done so. Uh, and again, it's not just us in Sinn Fein. The Irish Fiscal Advisory Council were quite critical of the government that of the measures they introduced since the start of the year, nearly 90% of them were untargeted. Uh, so we do need the government to action. It doesn't take four months to sit down and say, yes, look, we need to actually uh, increase social welfare payments like that that doesn't take four months that doesn't take think tanks or research or hire out consultants to figure out that people on fixed incomes uh, have seen inflation rise the cost of living increase and therefore to actually keep them in line to make sure that these families don't get any poor we need to increase uh, their weekly uh, working age payment by about seven euro fifty that's what has to happen as okay. i said you don't need four months to figure well, that out well, we don't if, need to if that is one measure that you want to introduce then then what else would you introduce if it were you that was introduced in this mini budget because one, one presumes when you talk about a mini budget you also have to introduce some revenue raising measures as well as extra spending 
Yeah, and I think the revenue raising measures are a way of actually dampening inflation at the at the at the, at the top or end, at the top ends. Um, and like what? Although, but what? What measures well, would you do? So, so we, look, we've, they're well rehearsed in terms of some of the revenue raising measures that we would like to see in, uh, introduced. But for example, we want a three percent solidarity tax on incomes above one hundred and forty thousand. We want to taper out tax credits uh, when you start to reach a hundred thousand, similar to what happens in in Britain in the north. Uh, we want um, a, 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 to introduce a four. Percent rate on CGT on on individual incomes above half a million, similar to what Biden has done in America. So there are some of the revenue raising measures which mm. actually will benefit in terms of dampening inflation with those who you know are, 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 have enough to get by, and inflation isn't impacting on them yeah. in the same way. But, but, but would they really the raise crucially- as much as you're, you're thinking though? Because even when you just say, for example, you know, an extra three uh, percent solidarity tax on incomes over was it one hundred and forty thousand? I've just pulled up the revenues uh, ready reckoner here. That only would impact about ninety thousand earners uh, who have a total income of, of around about um, 26 million euro a year it wouldn't necessarily be, be a windfall that you could really rely on it would bring in 230 million euro according to that rev- revenue reckoner and yeah sorry uh, when i say 23 million that that's the income tax that they pay rather than not their their actual income but it, it doesn't yeah, suggest that so it would pay for a huge amount i mean 230 million no, is effectively what they spent on the energy subsidy which already got yeah, burned through immediately yeah, well, and remember that you're talking about one-off measures in terms of energy, and this is recurring taxation that you'd have every year. So, for example, those two measures that I mentioned about the tax credits and the 3% solidarity tax, both those measures bring over ha- in over half a billion euro. But again, the ESRI, the Central Bank and the Irish Fiscal Advisory Council, aren't saying that you need to raise taxes to pay for the type of uh, investments we need to uh, support families in terms of the cost of living now. What they're saying is that the revenue is there, that we have the scope, and that is absolutely true. Uh, so if you look at what was projected uh, at the budget last year, uh, the state was supposed to be in a deficit of about $8 billion by the end of this year. The SRI are now projecting that it's going to be in a surplus of about $1.6 billion. That's nearly a €10 billion euro turnaround. Some of the uh, contingency funding that has been outlined in last year's budget uh, isn't likely to be spent in total. So there are scope. There's space there. There's absolutely there, there's no question of whether there's an ability to do this. The question here is, the lack of political will okay. that the government has to so, actually introduce these measures. So, so just to be clear, you, you think it can be done without any kind of borrowing, that the government isn't going to have to go to the money markets because that, that is an argument that no doubt we would hear that the cost of borrowing is now up to, to 2.5% when it was basically free this time last year and that they can't go and start adding to the mountain of debt that we've already got. You seem to be contending it can be done without borrowing at all. Well, it's not just me. The Irish Fiscal Advisory Council believe that there is scope here in terms of the contingency funding. And also we see a €10 billion euro turnaround, according to the SRI, compared to where we were last year. We also have to remember that inflation benefits the, the state take. So uh, as inflation goes up, as the price of petrol, diesel, home heat and oil, food, clothing goes up, energy goes up, the state takes in more revenue. Indeed, the Irish Fiscal Advisory Council again pointed out that the state has benefited to the tune of about €2 billion euro as a result of inflation and growth, yet only gave back since the start of the year a billion euro so you know there are benefits here and there's an ability here to do this again this come back, comes back down to political yeah, will but if you, why won't the government if you look at excise sorry to interrupt you Pierce, when you look at excise due that's coming i'm looking at the most recent exchequer return so in the first five months of the year the state took in about 2.15 million um or rather 2.15 billion excuse me in excise duty it took in 2.1 billion in excise duty in the same five months at the start of last year and that was at a time when the country was in effective lockdown for four months so even with the the amount that they've foregone with the excise duty cut that they announced in the early days of march they're basically back to breaking even compared to a time when we were in lockdown so is that not enough of an illustration that the government has already put its money where its mouth is no well 
that's only one tax, Gavin. You have to remember that there's VAT also in relation to these prices. Uh, and while excise duty is a fixed amount, as the price of petrol, diesel, um, energy and so on goes up, then the, the, the VAT increases as well. So when you take it as a whole, um, because it's not just energy that's increased, it's not just petrol and diesel that's increased, there's no doubt about it. It's undisputed that the state is bringing in more revenue as a result of inflation. And again, that's not the issue because all of the think tanks, the SRI, the Central Bank and the Irish Fiscal Advisory Council believe that more can be done. We all know that the revenue figures are going in the right direction and, and that's a good news story for the state. The, the decision that has to be done and what we are calling on the government to do in our motion on Tuesday is introduce measures now because people can't hold on longer. We need to see action now in childcare. We need to see cost of living cash payments to individuals, low and middle income earners. We need to see target interventions in terms of rents. We need to see debt utility funds set up. We need to bring down petrol and diesel to the maximum amount that we can under the yeah. European rules. These are the type of measures that we want to see now uh, and we need action now. There is a need for a comprehensive budget next year to look at the remainder of the year and yeah. particularly okay. uh, in terms of 2023 but people need action right can, now. Can I go back to fuel because you've just said there that you, we need to bring petrol and diesel down to the minimum rates that we're allowed to. Uh, can I put it to you that effectively whatever about petrol and we can go through the petrol sums in a minute I appreciate that people listening to the radio at a quarter past 12 and it's Sunday lunchtime don't necessarily want a, an honours maths paper in, in, in the rears but uh, when it comes to um, diesel if you include the the, uh, the diesel rebate scheme which is available to, to hauliers and industrial users of diesel when you factor that in we basically have already cut um, our diesel duties by as much as we possibly can you could literally only eliminate around a fourth of a cent per litre or, or even less now because we're already at the floor of what we can do on diesel so you're 100% right if that's the way you were going to deal with it. But what we want to do is the diesel rebate scheme, which is available to not all hauliers, but most hauliers, that is a 7.5% reduction in excise to them. We want to make sure that they continue to get that, plus the VAT that would apply in it, which would be $0.09. Cent. But we want mm. everybody in the state to get that, and we want it to be got at the pumps. So the hauliers will not lose out. Indeed, they'll just benefit slightly from this, but every single other motorist would benefit as well by ensuring that the full 9%, cent reduction okay. is available so, so you every take off seven state. and a half cent on excise on diesel then add in the VAT and it becomes around nine cent but then, exactly. then how, how does a haulier then benefit any more than anyone else they don't benefit anymore. They, at the minute, they're getting seven and a half cent. They would get nine cent uh, through this. It would be directly available to them in the pumps instead of having to go through the um, the yeah. diesel rebate. But then, scheme. but the system then that exists right now, where hauliers uh, have a slightly more beneficial arrangement than the rest of us because they are heavy duty users of this, and the country needs them to be able to get by. They, they wouldn't have any special treatment above anyone else anymore. Not until we got more um, scope from the European Union, which is what we've also been calling in terms of the negotiations that we need to have with the European Union to either look at VAT treatment or further excise treatment in petrol and diesel. But currently, under the excise directive and the VAT directive, we're, 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 um, we have a limited amount in terms of where we, where we can go. So what the measure we have is no haulier will be worse off. Indeed, they'll all be just slightly better off. But crucially, uh, millions of motorists will also be better off because they will receive the maximum amount of reduction that they can get in diesel, mm. which is nine cent. Yeah, um, I, I, I just expect that that hauliers might argue that they still need to have a slightly lower case. Uh, you know, even on the forecourt, that they, I, they need something I more agree. than the rest of us get. I agree with you, Gavin. I, I absolutely agree with you that they need more, and that's why we need to negotiate with the European Union in terms of looking at the excise uh, directive to see if we can reduce diesel below the floor that they have uh, accepted mm. in that directive. Uh, on um, on petrol, there, there how, how much can, how haulier, much can petrol? I, I don't be... think any. I don't think any haulier is turning around and saying, "Well, well, I, you know, I, I hope my son and daughter doesn't get a cut of diesel or petrol." You know, like the, 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 the people they mm. understand more than most that we need to do the maximum amount that is possible to bring these. Uh, 
cost out. Yeah. Uh, how much could petrol be lowered by under your calculations? How much could it come down by per litre? Well, according to the department, it's 13 cent uh, inclusive of, of that. Um, so it could be reduced by about 10.7 or, or thereabouts per, per litre. And then when you include the tax, then it becomes 13. Do you think they should lower the VAT outright? There's a VAT Ooh. on petrol and diesel right now is 23%. Should that be lowered? Should it be moved to a different rate? Uh, no, it can't on, under the VAT, VAT directive. Um, mm. So it would need uh, negotiations with the European Union, but the Department of Finance or the Minister, or no government has the ability just to reduce that rate yeah. or to move petrol and diesel to a, a different rate. Okay, but we, we, so that's but we could cut the 23% rate overall if you wanted to, to oh, cut petrol and diesel. It would have to be diesel. across the board, yeah. which would be in a very expensive and very untargeted measure at this point in time. So you wouldn't be advocating for that 23% to lower rate to come down? No, I think what we need to do and what we've been calling on the government to do since last October is to engage with the European Commission in relation to the taxes that apply in terms of energy and, and fuels uh, to get exemptions to that to allow us to to, to go further. Yeah, than to, to, to move them into a different category rather than, than lowering the, where they ever have. Uh, exactly. I think there'd be a lot of people who'd be listening, Pierce, who'd be surprised that if you're calling for an emergency budget or if you're saying that people are pushed to the pins of their collar and that there, there is, you know, there's scope for some more modest cuts maybe to, to petrol and diesel as long as you change that rebate scheme for the industrial user just for the time being that you're not calling for a cut in VAT when it's yourself in this interview who's pointed out that they're already two billion ahead of target for this year for VAT because it, because if I were to call for a, an, a cut in the higher rate of VAT it would be very much an untargeted measure we have to be very clear in terms of what we want to do what we're asking for is an, a, an emergency budget that would cost in, the, in excess of a billion euro it's about targeting to lower and middle income earners it's about cutting the cost of childcare cutting the cost of rents putting money directly into people's pockets who earn in up to 60,000 euro it's about cutting petrol and diesel it's about uh, cutting your energy costs these are the type of measures measures we want to see. Further to that, there will be a, a subsequent uh, raft of measures that we would like to see in terms of the budget that would plan for the, the remainder of the year, but also uh, next year. Mm-hmm. So, you know, these measures are targeted. It's 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 very much different to what the government are saying because the government have come on to serious criticism, flack. And really, that's why, despite the fact that there has been, uh, you know, the, the amount of measures that have been announced by the government that people don't mm-hmm. feel it, it's because it, they were not targeted yeah. in the right areas. Did you say that you're only looking for a billion euro of measures in this? No, there, it's an excessive b- a billion euro. Okay, but the, the, but if the government has already uh, had measures this year outside of the budget cycle to the tune of 2.4 billion, then this wouldn't be very much more. Again, going back to my earlier point, the, the 90% or nearly 90% of the government's uh, measures were untargeted and therefore don't have the right impact. These are targeted measures at low and middle income earners, at renters that would put a month's rent back into pocket, people's pockets, at childcare, which would cut the childcare costs by a third, uh, and, and social welfare recipients, which would see their weekly working uh, rates mm. increasing uh, along with inflation so it's targeted measures which would have immediate impact and would have an impact right now which will uh, which will mm. guide them through as best as we can in terms of the inflation pressures that we've seen over the last period and the, what is likely yeah. to come in the next uh, number of months. What did you make of Michal Martin uh, this time last week and elsewhere completely closing the door on any measures this side of the budget and then Leo Varadkar appearing to reopen the door by suggesting that if petrol were to continue to go up by a significant rate that there might be some scope to intervene. Do you think the government has even settled on on closing the door until October. Look, you see this going on within Fine Gael and Fianna Fáil all the time, and you know it's 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 play acting, um, and it's up, you know one trying to get one over the other. Uh, in the middle of all this here, there's real serious concerns. There's people listening to us chatting this morning 
and they're worried about next week. They're worried about, you know, their kids are finished school this week and they're worried about how am I going to afford to put my kids back to college in, in September? They're worried about that electricity bill coming in. They're worried about the dishwasher possibly breaking down and what would happen or something going wrong with the car. These are really serious things. And that type of play acting between Fine Gael and Fianna Fáil of one trying to get one over the other really does a disservice and shows how out of touch that these party leaders are uh, with what is happening in the real world right here, right now. And that's yeah. why we're coming back into the Dáil on Tuesday with a very clear motion that we need action now. Are you, can't wait any longer. Are you worried about the social impacts of what might happen in the country over the course of the summer if prices do continue to rise and there isn't any additional help for people? I, I'm extremely worried at what's happening already. Um, I'm, you know, we hear from those in the front line that you, you know you look at a, 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 those those that are delivering food parcels in the midlands they're talking about 5000 people um you know there there there's people who were never ever thinking that they would be in this situation we get these emails into our constituency office to talk about shame and uh, they talk about shame for themselves and their family about queuing up for food parcels that they never used to they used to give money to these charities in the past now they feel themselves in the receiving end then there's others who aren't never aren't you know queuing up for, for food parcels but they're worried they're sitting at home and they're worried about how how, it's, how you make everything add up. They booked a holiday maybe last year. They're worried about how they're okay. going to pay for that holiday now. So we need action right here, right now. And things are going to get worse. We've been pointing that out uh, for, for, the, for, for the best bit of this year mm-hmm. because of the way that energy works and how energy is p- bought uh, well in advance, nearly nine months in advance. We know that the war in Ukraine's effects are going to kick in in the autumn. So we're going to see energy prices increase further. Okay. Um, uh, sorry to interrupt you. We've got a couple of texts coming in. Just somebody who's looking for a bit of clarity on that plans for for a solidarity tax that you mentioned. Someone says, "Can Pierce clarify? Is that one hundred and forty k for an individual or one hundred and forty thousand earned between a couple that you'd apply a three percent tax on?" Only for individuals. Okay. Um, somebody else says Pierce is going to fight inflation by using inflation to pay for the extra money. But if he's successful and inflation goes down again, then the government will lose out on VAT, etc. So, are you going to end up cutting welfare payments when that happens? Well, that's nonsense. We're not talking about fighting inflation. We're talking about actually offsetting the worst impact of inflation on low and middle income earners. And what we're doing is ensuring that we're not adding to inflation. While inflation at the minute, the core of the inflation that we're seeing at the minute is because of supply side problems. We don't want to add to it by actually providing additional money for those who already have the ability to spend in the economy. So that's why it's targeted measures at those low and middle incomes. We've always recognised that any government, regardless of who it is, can't protect everybody from the impacts of inflation but they can do more and that's what they need uh, to do now. Can Pierce identify one single area of spending that he would show restraint in? Well, I, I would uh, in terms of for example the, the the public sector pay talks I think that those at the higher end and uh, there should be a lot of restraint rate, uh, relation there. Um, so do you think many- that the the increase that's supposed to take effect on July the 1st for those higher earners should that go ahead? Well, I wouldn't have negotiated that if I were in, in government at the time. And that isn't the, the, you know, like it's a massive increase for... Well, it's a massive uh, increase, but it's people who lost the most and they've had to wait the longest to get it back. Yeah, I, I understand that. But you can also argue, should should those pay uh, should those pay levels be there in, in the first place? Um, so there was an opportunity to, to recalibrate. Um, and I think that those at the very tops, um, that wouldn't have been the deal that I would have struck at that time so if you, I were in the negotiations. But does that, does that say you'd have tried to negotiate down their pay permanently full-time? So you'd never have got to deal with them that way. No, I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not suggesting that. What I'm saying is in relation to the increase that they're about to see, um, and, and particularly in terms of those which are in, 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 in some of the non-frontline roles, I wouldn't have uh, negotiated that type of deal.
So you'd, you'd want to have some people who are away from the front line having to wait slightly longer to get their money back, but those who are on the front line, like, for example, consultants would, would get it back uh, on yeah, schedule. And we've been very clear. We, we think that consultants, like, look at the number of positions that are vacant in terms of consultants. We recognise that actually the cut to consultants' pay has been detrimental in terms but, but of But can, the you, can you discern between them? Can you decide to treat consultants differently to Secretary General or someone else? I, 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 I think you can. And again, that's that's about, uh, you know, negotiating with the unions in relation to uh, a proper and fair okay. pay deal. There and is it, pressure in relation to recruitment of certain types okay. of positions and it, pay is one factor. It's not the over, it's not the overriding factor, but it is a contributing factor to okay. this. Uh, now that the deal has been negotiated, though, should they still go ahead with that, uh, that return of the unwinding of pay cuts on July the 1st? If it is part of the deal and the government shouldn't walk away from a deal that it has done? I, I, I think it's clearly going to go ahead. Um, but should we, it? We've asked. We, basically, you've got a legal position. You've got a position in law. And unless the government are going to rewind that law, which is problematic now, then um, then it's likely to go ahead. We've asked for the legal opinion to be published. They aren't willing to publish that, so, so it can be actually scrutinised. But look, we're not going to argue for governments to break the law. That's what Britain is doing at this point in time. Um, but yes, every option should be looked at in terms of some of these pay increases. And we see it at the time. And people... You know, what, what kind of sticks in the craw of people, Gavin, is the fact that there are low-paid workers out there who are fighting for their rights in the public sector, who are fighting for their rights to have proper fair recognition of the work that they have done. And they're being offered a paltry 2.5%. There are people who worked at the front line right during COVID who haven't still got their €1,000 bonus that was promised by the Taoiseach over a year ago. There are other people who have got long COVID who were there at the very start without any PPP or anything, and they see now that their sick pay, their their uh, special payment has, has been taken off them at the end of this month. So they're, 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 that's what really annoys people. It's not that some people at the very top are getting rewarded by this government. It's the fact that there's a level of unfairness. And why is it time and time again that people at the lower ends, people there in the middle, have to fight, have to shout, have to you know campaign, have to okay. agitate for what is fair when it's it appears that those whether you're a secretary general of a department you know and we've seen it we've seen the the, the evidence of that there where the three party leaders went into a room and decided to pay what was it eighty thousand euro more to an individual mm. who's continued to get pay increases since that yeah, time. He's, he's not getting any under this one, but I suppose that the, the, the no, point but is he made. has got pay increases, and that's what annoys people. That's yeah. what annoys okay. people. And then you've got people who went into the you know into the lion's den and to keep people safe. No PPE. We held all the scare stories that you know that they didn't have masks, they didn't have clothing. They went in to treat our patients who had COVID at the time and still, still, right. they don't even have that okay. €1,000. Euro uh, we will leave it there. Pierce Doherty, the Sinn Féin finance spokesperson, thank you very much for joining us this lunchtime. That Sinn Féin motion due to be debated in the Dáil on Tuesday night with a vote then on Wednesday night about whether there should be an emergency budget. The government almost certain to put down a counter motion to that. We'll see exactly what they propose to say. On the record with Gavin Riley. Brought to you by PwC. Sunday morning at 11. On News Talk.